VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and after a long wait, season three has begun of the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is Walter Brady's arms dealer, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? Not with us today is Brian Goers, who's come down with a mean case of the Zika virus. Yeah, he, he couldn't be talked out of going to Rio. No, he, he loves him some sports, and sure. of course... In very Brian Goer's fashion, he contracted the Zika virus, yep. so he won't yep. be with us today. But it's been a long time since we've uh, we've been with you, and uh, there's been a lot of action in the off season. It's been action packed. Yeah, so uh, I think first and foremost, Colin, I guess we have to start out with uh, Missouri's got a new athletic director. I heard this. Yeah. So uh, Jim Sturk comes to us from San Diego State, as many of you know by now. Uh, to replace Mac Rhodes, who uh, left us after 18 short months at the helm of... It was like 15. Yeah, well, 15, 18, who's counting? I think Tiger fans should have been a little wary of uh, Mac Rhodes when he when he left his car running when he started. <laughs> and never shut it off. Yeah, and never shut it off. It's been running the whole time. He yep. had to be suspicious. Sure. So I think the Mac Rhodes era will go down in history yeah. as, as one of the proudest times in Tiger history. It was strange. I guess... We, having never met Mac Rhodes or talked to Mac Rhodes, which is not shocking. No. But uh, n- neither did anybody else. Like uh, the um, press box super friends would tell you that he was not a very accessible AD for even mm-hmm. for them. But um, the thing I keep hearing was not a good fit. Yeah. Not a, not a great personality. Not a Easy not to a gl- say in hindsight. Not a glad hander. Not a good fit. I also heard uh, like his family didn't like it here, particularly his wife. One thing about the Rhodes era is that in a very short amount of time, he had a lot of work to do in the hiring department. He mm-hmm. had a he had a head coach of the football team to replace. Um, we'll we'll see how that pans out. Although I you know I'm high on Barry Odom in the short term. Kim Anderson, he renewed or he didn't at least get rid of Kim Anderson. This after, is last year Kim Anderson's contract, right? And uh, but he made a decision to stick with him another year. Uh, of course, Tim Jamison, a year ago, he, he renewed his contract, and then one year later, after another dismal baseball season, uh, Jamison got the boot. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of big-time coaching decisions to be made in a very short amount of time. The one thing that stuck out to me was that Mac Rhodes said he thought he left Missouri in a better place than he found it. Um, I think he shares that opinion with maybe his wife. Yeah, I... Where we he found this university was coming off an SEC uh, East Championship. The second straight. Yeah, second straight. Um, no turmoil, really, to speak of. Mm-hmm. And uh, he left 
um, with us into a full-on garbage fire, a hot, hot garbage fire. Hot, hot garbage. And um, so, yeah, what else is he going to say? I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? He was neither here nor there. But, I mean, out of the pot and into the fire with uh, going to Baylor in the midst of all that's going on with Baylor. I yeah, mean, but my the, goodness. The, the, the one side thing of that is, like, he was here for all this turmoil, epicenter. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to Baylor, you know, as a savior, so to speak. You know, he's the calming influence that Steck is going to be for us, quote-unquote. Yeah, I imagine he sold himself to the Baylor administration as someone who who has been experienced with, <laughs> with turmoil. Yeah, he's like, listen, look at the look at the you know, the diaper full of rotten Indian food I just left, you know, I'm adept at dealing with that. Yeah. But I mean, I think what any athletic department should be looking for is somebody who can change that diaper. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, So, you know, unfortunately, you know, him thinking he left it in better. I mean, the the athletic department still smells like a porno theater after the air conditioning broke, Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, you know, so it'll be somebody else's job to get rid of that smell. (laughs) Well, and it is Jim Steck's job. Good luck. Stark, 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 stark. Um, says winter is coming. Yeah, he does. So, I mean, he, he has a good reputation by all accounts. He's been an athletic director for many years, uh, most recently, like we said, at San Diego State. I was initially um, disappointed, not because of, I didn't know anything about Stark. I, you know, I, who knows anything about ADs? Right. Uh, ultimately, you don't know anything about them until they're your AD. But um, I was like, I was you know, I wanted Sunbold. You know what I mean? I wanted, I wanted Mr. Missouri, you know? Yeah, certainly you weren't the only one. There were bumper stickers going around. This is John Sunbold, our athletic director. Um, you know, there's the, the same sentiment that went around when Kim Anderson was hired to some degree, although, I, you know, I think it's a much different circumstance. I, I wonder if Sunbold wanted the job. I wonder if he feels spurned at all by this. I feel like Sunbold at some point, Mizzou made him a curator, um, which is a good thing, but, um, you know, when... He was used to be part of the hiring committee with Alden, mm-hmm. and it was there was, you know, rumors that there was bad blood there at some point because when we hired was it I don't know, Kim Schneider or whoever I can't even remember Quinn Quinn Schneider who God only remembers incorrect the coke head coach mm-hmm. like at that point um, Sunbolt had lobbied for a little known coach uh, that some people may know now as uh, Bill Self mm-hmm. and that uh, uh, he was you know overruled and they hired somebody else the the bad blood comes in is that. Sunbolt took that information out of the room and was willing to tell people that that's not who he wanted. He wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, in hindsight, that looked like a, that makes Sunbolt look really smart. But at the same time, it, I think it kind of burned some asses. That's complete horseshit, rumory, bullshit, Columbia, talky talk. But we trade in it. Yeah, exactly. We wade in it hip deep. But, you know, given those circumstances, he wasn't part of like the, the hiring of the next coach. He was not included in that maybe by their choice, by his, I don't know. And then now he's, Spurned as the AD, I hope that they're not burning any bridges with John Sunbold. Oh, I don't. I don't think at this point there. I don't think that plays into anything. You know, I you, you look at Missouri and you talked about the uh, diaper of Indian food. Um, you know, you have to wonder if how deep the pool was for possible hires. And I think given the idea that we, you know, their possible candidates may have been reluctant to come to Missouri given all that's going on. Um, I think. A guy like Stark looks like a really good hire. I mean, well, I mean, like, again, we don't know anything about him before now, but the 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 consensus seems to be like, oh, good hire. Well, I mean, they're sad to see him go, which that in and of itself is is a good thing. Well, and, and I heard on the radio out of Kansas City earlier this week, uh, Blair Kirkhoff was on the radio saying that um, you know he had ten years at Washington State, and in those ten years, they 
consistently overachieved. I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't ha- do anything, you know, it's going to blow your hair back. They went to one Rose Bowl, but you know, he reigned over you know a decade of success at a school that is not renowned for having a lot of athletic success. Mm-hmm. And he went to San Diego State, and you know, everything was uh, above board there. He uh, he was just recently named like the NCAA basketball choosing committee, whatever that right, thing which is. Which he'll now have to, to resign from, apparently. Yeah, because you can't have two guys from the same conference, and there's some guy from Kentucky already on it, the AD there. But the fact is is that the, the consensus is you don't get put in that position unless you're well-respected and well-thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just going down his resume, everything seems good. The one thing I heard about him that is the antithesis of or opposite of Mac Rhodes is that uh, he's supposed to be like very affable, like easy to get along with, like <laughs> yeah. handshake and a smile, pat on the back, really easygoing guy. You know, like I said, the the big knock on Mac Rhodes from anybody is always like he wasn't a good fit, and like this guy is going to be a much better personality. Uh, yeah, and so and you know what he's got in front of him now, as far as actual football is concerned, is uh, a team that is shortly coming up on its first game against uh, West Virginia on September third. Paul Feinbaum can't get too bitchy about that i mean that's not some lower tier division three kick around team either we're going to come right out of the gates against a power five team i don't know yeah well i do paul Mm -hmm. i mean i mean paul will find a way to discredit that that matchup i'm sure they really do feel disrespected but um yeah let's put paul feinbott away till we get there (laughs) (laughs) um anyway but yeah we've got a we've got a football football team to to get ready for another season after what is can only be described as a you know a horrible 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 hot garbage season. That's right, and um, hot, hot, there it is. You know, fall camp has begun, and they're starting scrimmages. And I think uh, you know, there's been bad news on top of bad news at Missouri, and it, the hits just kept coming recently. Um, I, most. Notable to me was the dismissal of Harold Brantley and Walter Brady. Harold Brantley for grades, um, you know, from what we're hearing is that there there were no grades to be had. No, it no. wasn't he was just under the limit on GPA. He was <laughs> not in school. Yeah, his GPA apparently was zero point zero zero, which is just below what we'd like to see. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Walter Brady, who was a who had violated um, unannounced team rules. Yeah. And uh, we won't announce those to you. Yeah. <laughs> Who can say yeah. what it possibly Gosh, I was? I don't have any idea. But uh, um, he went out with a bang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, but most I, recently. I tweeted out after that, uh, if, if I was going to be diagnosed with some sort of terminal disease, mm-hmm. I just assumed the, the, the news was going to come from Mizzou. That's how it was going to be delivered to yeah, me. Because everything in the cursed. past, like, yeah. Yeah, it, it seems like there was a curse, a hex. And on that note, most recently, uh, Trayvon Walters, the uh, backup running back, has been uh, permanent, or you know, suspended indefinitely, indefinitely which is a code word for off the fucking team. Yep. Um, for apparently uh, stealing a credit card or illegal use of a credit card. Yeah, or some he stole sort a credit card from a guy, um, used it, and uh, I guess was on tape at a couple of these places where he used it. They identified him. Bing, bang, boom! You no longer are running back at the University of Missouri. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that kind of thing will get you maybe knocked down on the depth chart at Oklahoma, but right. at Mizzou, 
you, you can't be on the team anymore. No, it, it's not even frowned upon at Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, Stoops doesn't mind a bit. But we're down a running back. But, you know, we've had running back depth, it looks like. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not just a single running back in Ishwitter who gets stopped at the on the first hit one yard deep uh, mm-hmm. anymore. We've got some big guys, and, and so uh, I'm very interested to see how this newly revamped offensive line and this new yeah. running Ross, back core. Strong, mm-hmm. Crockett. There's names aplenty at running back. Whether any of them will be any good. Time will tell. But, I mean, uh, you know, I have held the position since the end of last season that uh, whatever changes are made are bound to be positive because uh, they can't get any worse. They really can't. There was nothing. But, I mean, I am confident that it will be better. Well, I mean, give me a single position group on the offense that was wasn't bad right a, just a single one well and it starts it all starts at the offensive line i mean it, you know if, if uh, young drew Locke has no time to think about what what he's going to do even so much as hand off n- none of the other position groups can even think about having any success although we know at wide receiver we had a lot of drop balls we had a lot of you know blown you know, roots you know it, it was, was just, just ugly from start to finish i i remember when we did the citrus bowl show after we beat Minnesota. Right. And we were talking about what's to come for the Tigers and the offensive line. Everybody, hey, the offensive line, you know, we'll be next year, we'll be coming in, a lot of Bame and McGovern, and we'll be. I just thought, I they weren't any good this year. Why are they going to be so much better this year? And then they weren't. Right. In fact, they, if anything, they regressed. Yeah. Um, they were worse. And um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to imagine that A.J. Ricker was completely responsible for how badly they played. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's. At some point, there's some talent lacking, you know, is my real big concern. And that even if Barry Odom and a new offensive line coach and a new offensive coach, um, that that can improve tons, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a great, great deal. And, and really, that is, God, where it starts and ends right there in the trenches on both offense and defense. And, of course, on the defense and the trenches, we're good. Yeah, even despite the loss of Brantley and Brady, we have real depth in defense. I, um, I'm going to call it right now. Nate Howard is, I feel like, going to be a monster. Mm-hmm. I saw him last year, and I couldn't believe how little he played when I watched him play. And maybe mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you fall in love with your players. But uh, I watched him. I was like, God damn, that guy's quick off the ball. Like, and then he really didn't get a lot of tick, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and, He's uh, young, but yeah. Yeah, him and Beckner Jr., I thought, boy, we're going to be set. And then they didn't give uh, Nate Howard a lot of time, it seemed like. Well, and of course, then there's, there's Chuck Norris Harris, yeah. um, who was a monster last year and is primed to be even better this year. Um, you know, I was really well, looking forward Marcel to Marcel Frazier, who never showed us much, but yeah. he's they're still supposedly still very high on him. And then you got like a guy like Josh Augusta, who going into last season, a lot of the talk was, can he play with consistency? Because he he was so heavy that he had to take had to take a blow after mm-hmm. you know playing three three plays in a row. Yeah, and then last year he showed that he really can. Yeah. He, he trimmed up a little bit. Now this year he comes into camp, they say he's 370 pounds. Jesus, is that on purpose or he just completely the, Theoretic, crazy? they say he's all, it's, all, not, it's all muscle, that he's, he's, God. he's more in shape now at 370 than he was last year at 340 when he went down to 340. Earning so, the name Big Bear Augusta. Yeah, he doesn't like Big Bear. It's Juggernaut. He prefers the term Juggernaut. I'll call him, what, a man that size, I'll call him whatever he wants. He is a big bear. He's the type of bear that would rape Leonardo DiCaprio in The Revenant. <laughs> in fact, mm-hmm. do we know what he did the off se- in the off season? Do you have a starring role in it? Uh, I don't know if he has a SAG card or not, <laughs> but uh, you know it, he he is a big son of a bitch. 
And, uh, you know, I'm eager to see what a guy like that can do because just the size alone, my yeah. God. I mean, you can be a very talented lineman, but when you're going up to somebody who's got that kind of girth on you, you, you got to watch out. It's just, it's disheartening. I feel like people aren't as upset about the, the Brady thing as they probably should be. I mean, we're talking about a freshman All-American. I mean, the guy was good. I mean, mm-hmm. just go to the South Carolina game last year. Yeah. I mean, but because we're deep at that position, but getting this news, I mean, on top of news, it's, you know, the running back suspended. Now there's two players, big name players gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we lost an offensive lineman who had to retire for, due to health reasons, you know, and that's a position where we, it isn't plug and play like on defense where mm-hmm. we, you know, we need the depth. Um, so, you know, I, I think we haven't, from a personnel standpoint, we don't look much better on offensive line. But what we the hope is, at least from my standpoint, is that uh, you know the the planning, coaching, and preparation will be better. Well, and there's a you know the coach Hill is one that everybody's real high on. Everybody likes him. Yeah. You know, and uh, he uh, is gone back to being the full time receivers coach. I'm hoping that will translate into these guys taking a big step forward, the Nate Browns of the world. They've also got this black kid out of Alabama, the transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what he'll be, but you got to think he's got something. You know, he don't, kids don't go to Alabama, even if they don't play, unless there's something there to work with. Yeah, blacks look good in camp, and, and I think he's a guy who's got something to prove mm-hmm. a little bit, and he's got some experience. And, um, you know, and, and also he makes the other guys compete for their job a little bit. Sure. And so, you know, I, I think we, we saw – Everything we expected from the receiver core last year, which was a young squad, uh, they played very much like a young squad. It wasn't just the sort of bumps and bruises you expect from a young kid. It was that times two. Well, they were – I think what was illustrated to me watching those games and uh, was that those guys didn't know what to do. You know, Mm -hmm. they they were running routes based on where they were supposed to go. They didn't change those routes. They didn't – you know what I mean? They just ran to a spot because that's was their. They didn't know how to play football. You know what I mean? They were worth. They weren't. They weren't playing. They were thinking. And so, you just see the defensive backs almost. You know, backpedal to a position, knowing that exactly where the receiver was going to go to. You know, yeah. they weren't going to break the route off. They weren't going to change things at all. They were just going to go to that spot because they were kids and they didn't know where the fuck they were doing. Yeah, and then they had the freshman uh, quarterback who was under assault, uh, trying to learn the learn the ins and outs. Yeah, learning a new offense as a. What is he, a nineteen-year-old kid? Mm-hmm. And um, now he's got a—he's got a year under his belt. Uh, Chris Black, like we mentioned, he's a senior, so he—you know—he's—he knows that if he's going to do anything, he's got to do it this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, there's potential. It, you know, it, I mean, it, assuming that the offensive line improves to some degree, there's potential for these young well, receivers. I brought up a couple times in the show last year was like if we would just had a mediocre offense, not a good offense, or not. a juggernaut of an offense you just scored 21 points a game the defense we would have won the sec east again mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it, there's room to be optimistic if the if the offense improves at all and the defense can just kind of maintain the one thing i worries me about the defense is we lost both aaron no we didn't lose pinton did pins on the pins on the team so never mind we just we just lost to dennis but mm-hmm. still you know you're, you're losing dennis who's a solid uh cornerback but I don't know. I just don't worry about the defense too much. Yeah. No, and, and you know, maybe that's being overly optimistic, but I think you're right. And, but I'm looking at the receivers, and, you know, the guys are freshmen, sophomores, and, you know, you got a guy like Jamon Moore who had high expectations going into last season and had a lot of drops and a lot of, you know, unfortunate big plays that he didn't uh, connect on. You know, he could 
every reason to believe that he he'll be more comfortable mm-hmm. and he's competing for his gig and and he'll be better too you know all those guys uh deshaun blair you know they, there's a there's this a, is wingo yeah wingo uh who you know was a borderline cornerback and turned a receiver but you got all these guys that that have a year under their belt at, at the very least and then they've got young guys coming in below them that they're putting pressure on them. Well, Big think, guys too. I don't think you can discount the fact that there was a, at least the perception that the uh, Gary Pinkle was running kind of a very lax program at some point. Um, whether that's true or not, who can say? But uh, that is not the reputation that Odom has. Um, so, by the virtue of Odom tightening the bolts a little bit on these guys, you would hope that um, that would help. There's no question that it's going to be different. Look, we're gonna. I mean, it's a whole new coaching staff. We turned over a lot of players. That, you know, things are going to be different. Uh, you know, talking about different. Uh, Drew Locke is is you know everybody knows confirmed starter, but then you got Xanders, who uh, a lot of people are saying looking good. He's a mobile quarterback, Ugh. and there's a lot of questions. Are is he going to see the field? And if so, uh, you know, is it going like to be designed quarterback stuff? Well, I don't, I don't think if we're you bring looking a guy in just to run. You know, they know he's going to run. I just I, yeah, I I know, but I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a two quarterback system, but. I don't know. Some of those plays, you know, we've done it in the past. Where or some of those years, we've done it in the past where we've had a guy in who everybody knows he's into run, but at the same time, you don't know if it's going to be an option or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it it just get provides a different look for for circumstances. You know, guess, third and ones and those sorts of situations. I'm not opposed to the idea. No, of I'm it. not either. Anything to help this offense, honestly. I mean, yeah, it, and especially if we are in a situation where things aren't moving. My thought is, is if. if any of these three or four running backs they've brought in are any good? Does Ish Witter just immediately moved? I mean, to me, going into the the season, if the depth chart has Ish Witter at the third <laughs> third running back, that is man. a good sign. No, it's a good sign. I mean, I got nothing personal against Ish Witter, but the guy could be knocked over by a baby farting. Mm-hmm. You know, so if these guys are, you know, better than Ish Witter, that's that we needed a running game as much as anything, and I don't think. That was all in the offensive line. Big portion of it was on the offensive line. But I honestly don't think we had any talent at running back. We had Hansborough, who's a great running back, was but absolutely injured like shit all season. Mm-hmm. And then we had Ish Witter. And then you had, I can't even remember the guy's name. I just call him Bad Hip because he never, Stewart, Morgan Stewart. Yeah, who's gone now, of And then we had uh, Hunt, who was good, but you know, explicitly was unable to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I feel like there's no place to go but up for the running backs. I, I don't feel that way against the, the, the offensive line. The offensive line concerns me, but I feel like the the receivers are can't be anything but better. Mm-hmm. The running backs can't be anything but better. Drew Locke played like shit. Given the circumstances, freshman, terrible offense, uh, terrible line, freshman receivers, I don't lay too much of it at his feet, but he played like shit. Mm-hmm. So he can only get better. Um, the tight ends, good God, they can't play any worse. You know, it, you know, last year Culkin was a, an improved. He he was consistent. He had good hands, which is something he hadn't had the years he, past. He was the best of a very bad situation. You know, I mean, uh, to me, if the, the fact that Culkin is the bright spot for our offense last year just illustrates how bad we were. My, the thing about Culkin for me was. You know, he looked better when he was used. I was always pleasantly surprised based on his past performance. But for me, the, the frustration was that we didn't, the tight ends were not part of the offense. No, there was no underneath stuff. There was and no which, track you, you there think was no with a young quarterback under pressure, you, you, that's exactly where you'd no. be going, you know? No, uh, it was Josh Henson's decisions and 
you know, in game planning was or inexplicable. I, you know, if if Heupel comes in here and the offense is anemic again, that will probably take some of the the weight off of Josh Henson. But at the same time, you could just watch the game plan and know that whether Heupel does, Josh Henson was terrible. <laughs> you know, what I mean, he was bad. Regard, I mean. He would have taken a very good offense and it made it worse. I feel like there was just his game plans in general, the personnel decisions, everything he did was just inexplicable. It just, the football is brown! But we don't have to worry about that anymore. He sells real estate now, I'm sure. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but yeah, and then one thing, too, about the new running back core is that Barry Odom and his staff have clearly decided that Missouri needs to have a big back, a big SEC back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're recruiting guys who are 200 pounders, a guy like Nate Strong, who's a much different style of running back than Ish Witter. I'm hoping Ish Witter is better. He was a fast back. He just he just couldn't shake a tackle. Well, he's the type of back you're trying to get in space, you know, screens and and the pitches and stuff like that. Maybe been an option, mm-hmm. but uh, he's not a between the tackles runner. And because he was inexplicably really the only running back they were willing to use or could use. They had to use him in those circumstances, which again speaks to Josh Henson's. Well, and Hansborough, who was obviously a better back, although he's never quite healthy, he's not a between the tackles back either. He's a smaller guy, you know. But he could run between the tackles. He was well, shifty. He, he he was shifty, but it. but he wasn't the type of bulldozer no, back no, that no, Nate no. Strong will no, be. No, no, no. And uh, and we haven't really seen that in a long time at mm-hmm. Missouri. Mm-hmm. And this is a league where I think it is an important component to an offense, especially when other things aren't working. You know, if you can bulldoze for three yards when you need them, that's a, that's a pretty important thing on your always offense. The, it was always the argument for Tyler Hunt. Tyler Hunt. That was always, you know, at least he'd fall forward for two yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, he just wasn't getting hit three yards in the backfield. Yeah, and if you didn't watch out, he'd run forward for 40 yards. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but uh, no, a lot of the coaching staff missed that. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, there are a lot of things to be hopeful for. You know, a lot of the off-season dismissals and things are demoralizing to some degree. But at the same time, we just don't know what we're going to see. If the with offense is better, if they win six, seven games and go to a bowl, it will be a tremendous achievement. So, yeah, the over-under, the Vegas over-under is uh, five and a half wins for the Tigers. They're once again, and as they have been in every year in the SEC, expected to be at the bottom of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this year a lot of Tiger fans feel it's a, it's a deserved Warranted. ranking uh, yeah. as opposed to years past. However, you know, if one is cautiously optimistic, you can see six, seven wins on that schedule. Yeah, and, and, and you get yourself back into a bowl, things are turning up. Uh, Georgia is you know, going to have a uh, new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, to me in the East, um, they're Florida, win- yeah. Florida's going to have Greer back. Yeah. And they got a new coach who seems to have that program up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not, for the third year in a row, going to buy into the bullshit that is Tennessee. Nope. What, I, every year. They had their own bullshit. Jesus Christ, the- SEC Network. I, I, at what point, what does Tennessee have to do? To be just being like, ah, it's just Tennessee is not gonna slap an oval tiger head on their helmet. I guess, the thing. yeah. I, I mean, I do see some some wins you can steal in this division. Sure, and uh, I mean, it is a tough schedule. I mean, we start out at West Virginia. We got a, our West opponent. We got to go to LSU mm-hmm. in, in Death Valley. It's not not easy by I've any got a stretch. Young man named Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. heard of him. Is he? Yeah, he's is he a kicker? Good. No, no, he's not. <laughs> he's a hell of a running he's back. A big. Fucking bad earring ram. Yeah. Um, but, um, maybe you Nate know, Strong will be like that. Yeah. Well, it, and listen, I'm not like, predicting, you know, them going to Death Valley and stealing a win there, but I'm more 
you know, in the East. And like, mm-hmm. I'm not going, you know, Georgia's under a new coach. I'm not even sure what they're bringing back. Um, I never, I'm never going to buy into Tennessee until they give me a reason to. South Carolina to. heard, South Carolina, Will, Will Muschamp. Must Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, that is like a fucking joke. That is a joke. You know, Will Muschamp, it, they're going to be terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Regardless, they could be the most talented team in the world. They hired a fucking moron. Who's that? Kentucky? Yeah. You know, Kentucky's going to be Kentucky. Vanderbilt's going to be Vanderbilt. Yeah, and although we struggled last year against even the bottom feeders, I mean, you, I think, you know, a positive outlook, you could see Kentucky and Vanderbilt being wins for us. But again... As they should be every year. It, it'd be different if we were we lost all those games 34-0. to zero, But right. it was, you know, Georgia, 6-9. to nine. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Give us a, a little bit of offense. Granted, that was here in Columbia, but you're right. I mean, you know, they, even in a year where we are as bad as we can imagine being, we, you know, we were in a lot of those games. We were in the Florida game, mm-hmm. and they were on top of the world. Yep. You know, so yeah. I mean, I, I want to be optimistic, and I think there is cause to be. There are a lot of obvious holes or concerns going in. But these are concerns and holes that Barry Odom's staff is well aware of, and I'm sure that they're attempting to remedy as best they can. So, you know, time will tell. But uh, anyway, I feel like we've talked quite a bit of football, considering mm-hmm. there hasn't been football for yeah. months and months and months. Well, we haven't been around for months and months and months. No, we got a lot to get out. Yeah. And so uh, why don't we take a breather real quick, okay. come back, and then uh, we'll dive back into this big old fucking mess. With Super duper. Football. All right. This is the Mazatcast. Stop! Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. Now back to the Khloe Kardashian of podcasts, the Mazadcast. So we're back, and, uh, you know, football season is still uh, a little bit away, but uh, there is a little bit of other Tiger sports news. I think, you know, with the Olympic Games upon us, there's some swimmers from the, the Mizzou squad who've made the Olympic team. And I think the big athlete that everybody's kind of looking at, uh, from Mizzou anyway, the star wrestler, Jaden Cox is uh, set to have his first match on uh, August 20th. So uh, a lot of Tiger fans will be tuning in who maybe wouldn't necessarily be uh, wrestling fans. But with Jaden here, I think uh, people are pretty excited. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of cool, really, to have a Mizzou athlete or athletes at the Olympics. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, the last one I remember uh, particularly doing well was uh, the, the shot putter from Eldon, Missouri. Kristen Cantwell. And Kristen Cantwell, yeah, who uh, you know, had had some success. Didn't quite get gold, but uh, you know he he's been a top level performer at the shot put for a long time, and now it can't Jayden, hurt recruiting in those sports. No, not at all. And the weird thing is, you know, Jaden's pretty young to be at the Olympic level. I think that uh, he wasn't really expected to be, you know, a, a, even a contender this time around. Maybe next Olympics, but mm-hmm. he, he made the squad, and who knows? Who knows what he can end up? Yeah. He, He's uh, been successful at every other damn level. Yep. 
So uh, I'm going to tune into wrestling in a way that I never do otherwise. Question, Jane seems a multi-talented young man. Does he play football? <laughs> we could use him at the line. I mean, uh, Brothers has left a large hole on the linebacking core. I can't yeah. imagine this He'd young man could. Good linebacker, yeah. I didn't think. Yeah. Uh, no expectations to pass and catch. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good, good question. Coach Odom, are you listening? Yeah. So, anyway, with that being said, I think, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, what we're expecting. Uh, let's, let's, I guess let's talk about week one in West Virginia, September 3rd game, still a few weeks away, still in camp. But, uh, you know, starting the season on the road against a Power 5 opponent, uh, pretty good one in West Virginia. You know, not not the best West Virginia team we've ever seen, but certainly a lot better than, you know, the sort of cupcake teams we've scheduled in the past. To start not going to be SEMO right. to yeah. start the season this year. No SEMO. No, no offense, SEMO. But, uh, yeah, West Virginia's got a little more clot than that. So, I don't know. What do, what do you think our chances are going into going into that matchup? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, no idea. It's good insight. Well, I mean, I don't think I don't. I feel like Barry Odom has no idea. I mean, it, it, it really, because the team is so young and in so many positions, the only thing you can expect is the defense to play well because it's the only thing you've seen happen. You know, and, it's the only thing you can proven on been proven on a Saturday. Everything else is just completely up in the air. Well, and you got last season to go on, and West Virginia certainly struggled on offense as we did last season, and so. Uh, Assuming that uh, you know that, that they haven't improved dramatically, and with our solid defense, at least it will keep our offense in the game, maybe to give us a chance. You know, if we can just get a little time for Drew Locke. I mean, he, like I said, he was—he certainly didn't show you anything last year that made you go, "Wow." I mean, maybe a couple things, but ultimately, like I said, he is agreed upon to be a talent. Mm-hmm. Um, if that talent, you know, flourishes in the second season, I mean. When it comes to quarterback, the sky's the limits. A quarterback can make or break your team, and if he takes a big step forward, it, it may be hard to do given the circumstances, but it's another one of those situations where it could happen. It's not completely outside the, the scope of reason. You know what I think is interesting is that the expectations going into the season versus last season where Matty Mock was a starting quarterback, Drew Locke was really highly touted, and then going into camp – he threw some really good balls and got people really excited early. Mm-hmm. And now we've seen a season of Drew Locke. We know what we're getting with him. The excitement level is not nearly as high. No, um, it certainly hasn't done anything to discourage you. But but it's you know every time he completed a pass last year, people were talking about Peyton Manning's second coming. Yeah, yeah, it's probably myself included is probably bought into Drew a little too much, but. I think part of that was born of the fact that Matty Bach had played so poorly and mm-hmm. uh, was a Tasmanian devil fueled by cocaine and, you know, was terrible. Yeah. And, and, well, I mean, and, and I think it's very easy to forget just how young Drew Locke is. I think I read an article recently about Drew Locke that, that it was titled uh, on Saturday Down South, Missouri quarterback Drew Locke is very good at Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> and certainly, we talked to Drew a little bit last season, sure, and we got an it. impression on you know his maturity level and what his his interests are. Let me read this article for you a little bit. It says if Drew Locke's football career doesn't pan out as planned, he will always have a solid fallback option: catching them all. Missouri sophomore quarterback played twelve games and started eight as a true freshman last year. Is apparently a master Pokemon trainer, according to this Post Dispatch. Locke is so good at Pokemon Go mobile game that even Coach Barry Odom's five year old son has asked him for tips. 
Wow. Yeah, so... I know nothing about Pokemon Go, despite the fact that I have children. Well, let me ask you this question. Does Mm -hmm. it surprise you in any way that Drew Locke is way into Pokemon? No, I mean, I think based on the interviews we've had with him, it Mm -hmm. it kind of fits that profile. Yeah, we might have to have him on again this year. Oh, absolutely. And and ask him what, uh, you know, what his status is in the Pokemon Mm -hmm. world. Um, I think, um, you know, him and Corey Fatoni will probably both be ready and willing to be on the show mm-hmm. should we need them We're big fans of the show yeah the, you know it, it's it is a big departure from starting quarterbacks you know when we had Matty mock and his interests yeah versus drew Locke's interests yeah so um you know keep 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 safe drew don't walk into traffic play your mm-hmm. pokemon get your head straight and let's win some football games yeah yeah but uh yeah I, it's amazing to me that that's a head what kind of pokemon do you find it uh for a field it's a good question i think that some of our younger viewers could our listeners could... Uh, I hope there's no young listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Just based on purely on content. Alone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think if we have any listeners, really, that's a that's a big surprise. Yeah, you know what? Heck, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. So anyway, um, Colin, I, you know, it's been a long time. We're, you know, maybe a little rusty, a little out of practice, but there's, there's a certain thing we usually do in our program that I, maybe you've forgotten. You know what I'm talking about? No, please. Elaborate. I will. Well, I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. That's right, Colin. It is time for Kansas News. I did forget. Yeah, and we've been away for so long. Honestly, there's been a lot of Kansas news that's piled up on us. Yeah, sure. So it is important that we get this out to you because no other outlet keeps up with the state of Kansas quite like the Zodcast. No, no. So uh, let's just get right into it with our first story. So this uh, story comes to us. It says uh, from 41 Action News, Kansas man charged with impersonating a police officer, Willie Zimmerman of Mission, Kansas, age 51, has been charged with false impersonation of a police officer while driving with a revoked suspended license. Kansas police said that the man in custody Thursday is accused of impersonating police officers. Authorities said on Wednesday night a victim was pulled over on I-70 near I-4435 exit in a Ford Crown Vic with a small flashing red light on the dash. Mm. The victim said the suspect exited the vehicle, approached the front driver's door, and the victim observed the suspect holding an unknown type of firearm in his hand dressed in plain clothes. According to police, the suspect stated, Slow down, buddy. The victim asked, are you a real police officer? The suspect stated, yes. The victim asked, what agency do you work for? The suspect stated, you don't worry about that, buddy. Just hang tight. The victim said that the suspect then began walking back to the suspect vehicle. At that time, the victim became suspicious. The suspect entered the vehicle and began following the victim in traffic. Police said the victim was able to elude the suspect by merging with traffic and eventually getting behind the suspect's vehicle, taking a picture of it with his phone. The victim continued to follow the suspect until he abruptly merged onto several lanes of traffic and exited the highway. The victim continued to his destination and phoned the police to report the incident. So why, I think, is a big question I have. I can only assume it was uh, he was hoping to find some young girl that he could possibly molest. Uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Kansas. There's any number of things. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't like he tried to rob him or anything. He just wanted him to slow down, buddy. S- slow down, buddy. <laughs> hey, buddy. Slow don't call down. me pal, buddy. C- citizen's arrest. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to our next Respect story. Kansas man loses hundreds to Facebook lottery scam. According to KCHW, Wichita, Kansas, 
Be wary of what shows up on your Facebook Messenger inbox. The Better Business Bureau is warning social media users of a lottery scam going on around Facebook. It cost him one Kansas man hundreds of dollars. Clifford Paramore of Russell, Kansas, said it started with a string of Facebook messages. He said a woman who claimed to be a Facebook lottery representative told me he'd won a prize. The first request was to send $450. She gave me a bunch of numbers to verify for a package, he said. He continued to get the message, saying if he sent more money, the prize would arrive. Then I was to send $450 to a diplomatic carrier to deliver the package, he said. After the second time, I sent them the money. I started getting very skeptical because nothing seemed to be going like they were promising. Weird. Because <laughs> anytime you win free stuff, you have to pay for it first. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Lottery procedure. Paramore said he wired roughly $1,000 to Jesus. someone in Texas and Nigeria who claimed to be Facebook officials. Mm. So he was at $1,000 and never received any prize or money in the mail. The Better Business Bureau said similar scams are going on around the country, and they're urging social media users to so be So basically, cautious. it's just like the real lottery? Yeah. <laughs> you just dump a bunch of money into it and never see any and never, return? And never get anything back. Yeah, maybe it was the lottery. Who knows? <laughs> it's the Kansas lottery. So what's going on is that hackers are hacking into Facebook accounts and posing as if they're your friend or someone you trust and trying to convince folks that they've won a Facebook lottery, as if such a thing existed. So, one, did you enter a lottery? Mm-hmm. If you have not on a Facebook, then you can't win. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, uh, you never have to give someone money to receive money in a lottery. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, well, that's not necessarily true. You give $2, and then you get, get a, a ticket. <laughs> but I, that's not via Facebook. No? No. All right. Well, uh, in Kansas, that's just called uh, salary. Yeah, I tried to sell a truck on Craigslist one time, mm-hmm. and uh, the one of the persons interested just needed me to send them five hundred dollars for the pickup to to haul the truck, you know, mm-hmm. back, and and then they would, you know, when they wrote me the check and they sent me the money for the truck, mm-hmm. they were going to put tack that five hundred dollars they had, you know, Seems that I fair. had used to get them to pick Pay, the truck yeah. up. Yeah, it was all going to be square. How'd that work out for you? I said that was a fucking ruse. Oh, look you know, at you. immediately. And um, as should this Kansas resident. Yeah, Detective Colin figured that one out. Um, <laughs> let's go to our next story. Real Dick Tracy. Kansas man opens fire after being asked to stop using racial slurs at an IHOP. Kansas man, this is a reaction. <laughs> this is a real Kansas story. You know, this is just bread and butter right down the middle fastball. Yeah. Uh, Kansas man was shot at a at by another man who had been using racial slurs, according to local media reports. The 31-year-old victim said the incident occurred at IHOP around 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Uh, He asked the suspect to stop using racial slurs. The victim said the suspect opened fire on his vehicle as he was driving away from the restaurant. Uh, They loosely use the word restaurant for an IHOP. One, (laughs) One of the rounds struck the tailgate of the vehicle. The Wichita police said the man was not injured. So, super Kansian. Yeah, yeah. It could. The police said it literally could be anyone in the state. Okay. Yeah, yeah, suspects ranging from anyone to anyone. <laughs> oh, there's, a, there's a lot of stories. I'm telling you, it has piled up on us here. Kansas man admits to defrauding Disney of sixty thousand discount DVDs. Again, right in the wool yeah, wheel. Sure, why not? Uh, Wichita, Kansas. Again, a southern Kansas man faces up to 11 years in federal prison for admitting he fraudulently obtained more than 60,000 DVDs at discount prices from the Disney Movie Club. So Disney is a lot like the guy who got hornswoggled on Facebook. (laughs) Maybe I'm not giving this guy too much credit because Disney is obviously (laughs) Disney fell for his ruse. 47-year-old Harvey Self of Derby pleaded guilty Wednesday of two counts of filing false tax returns and one count of giving the U.S. Postal Service false names and addresses for fraudulent purposes. Self admits he created n- no relation to Bill Self. Not sure. 
mm. doesn't say here. Alias. S- self admits the created aliases to qualify for discounts while buying DVD and Blu-ray movies and then resold them for a profit. Authorities say the net sales of the movies totaled $106,000. Jesus Christ. How do I get into this business? I know. it's quite. He's got to be the richest man in Kansas. <laughs> By far. <laughs> By $100,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also admitted overstating business losses in the tax year 2011 and 2012. So, Disney movies... Who knew from Pocahontas one could make that much mm. money? So who's buying DVDs anymore? I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're talking about Kansas here. Yeah. Well, frankly, DVD seems like a technology far above <laughs> yeah. and beyond. Like VHS like, is... Yeah. Kansas is a VCR capital of America. Yep. Well, we got another one. Man in Kansas jail in connection with Bartlesville church van theft. Mm-hmm. Uh, Independence, Kansas. Kansas authorities have arrested a man who was accused of stealing a Bartlesville church van late last month. Montgomery County Sheriff deputies say Christopher Stone, age 38, was arrested in Kansas, a Kansas motel. After that story about the stolen van appeared on News Channel 6, the van was cited in Grove, Kansas, and then again in Independence. I have never stolen a car myself, but my first Always instinct would be preface. not uh, to steal something with the name printed on the side of it in large print. Well, listen here. Deputies say <laughs> Stone was being held in their jail in connection to a burglary in Jansen Farms earlier. Stone was charged in Kansas with possession of methamphetamines. He the, the van was later found with the decal removed. Oh, well, he's just shifty on that and one. And the inside of the van reportedly trashed. However, Bartlesville Church is very happy to have the van back in their mm-hmm. possession. I mean, there probably there was a little bit of meth left over. Yeah. Know, so the, the church has got that going for it. Well, I, to me, if you ask me, there's no guarantee that he had the meth. It could have been in the church van already. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that's I, that's pretty presumptive. Really. Yeah. I mean, Kansas churches, there's no guarantee that they're just not hopped up all the time anyway. Sure. Moved by the spirit, so to speak. One more. Wichita massage parlor sting leads to prison for a Kansas man. Hmm. So, let's see, uh, from the AP in Wichita, Kansas, a man has been sentenced to a year and a half in federal prison on prostitution-related charges connected to a sting operation targeting massage parlors. 51-year-old KT was sentenced Friday in Wichita. That's where he was convicted in April of one count of attempting to entice a person to cross state lines to engage in prostitution, using a telephone in furtherance of prostitution, and money laundering. He was indicted last year on suspicion of trying to broker a deal to buy a massage parlor that would offer sex services. Hmm. I mean, how do they know? I don't know. I feel like Columbia could speak directly to this problem. What's that, the massage parlors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us more. I didn't know such a thing existed. I, no, I have no idea. No? You brought it up. <laughs> what do you mean? I, Tourette's. <laughs> I <have> Tourette's. <laughs> So you've never gotten a massage in Columbia Parlor? Is Absolutely that what you're not. Okay, okay. I'm taking you at your word. Let's move along. Okay, okay, fine. I feel like I'm lingering on this. Uh, I do too, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's one other story I think is pertinent, um, not directly related to Kansas news, but uh, you know there's a presidential election going on. Colin, are you aware of that? I hadn't heard. Yeah, so... Uh, not, not big into politics. No, so this November, we're going to be choosing a new president and, mm-hmm. uh, and a vice president. And one of the nominees is a guy named Tim Kaine, former governor of Virginia, who was a Mizzou grad, grew up in Kansas, on the just on the Kansas City suburbs. But he tweeted out recently that he, if elected vice president, will single-handedly broker a deal to bring back the border war between the University of Kansas and the University of Missouri. I don't um, know that he understands just what 
kind of stubborn chicken shits run the University of Kansas. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, this sounds like another hollow promise by a politician, really. <laughs> well, yeah. well, I'll tell you what, if you can get the job done, watch out ISIS, because yeah. he's a diplomatic maniac. No t- <laughs> yeah, ISIS will be Christians by the end of the four, for the four-year run. Yeah, know? there's no... I mean, ISIS is nothing as far as just awful, yeah, I mean, soulless, radicalized, beast monsters you know compared I mean? to a Kansan. <laughs> yeah, a Jayhawk. I mean, you talk about radicalized nutballs. I mean, yeah, that's, as bad as it gets. Yeah. I mean, ISIS could learn a thing. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously the tweet, tweet was possibly in, in jest, although... I'd say there's a lot of Mizzou fans that if, if elected and if he were to go to any efforts to resume that, I think would be very, very pleased. Oh, I mean, it could sway votes. <laughs> really good. I mean, yeah, not that Missouri or Kansas are in any way swing states, but no, yeah, you no. know, could pick up a couple. Yeah. Anyway, Colin, that has been this week's Kansas News. How do you feel about that? Good, bad, and otherwise? It's uh, heartwarming. I missed yeah. Kansas News. It's nice to know that even though we were gone, Kansans kept on Kansasing. It's really not. It would have been nice in the interim if some natural disaster might have swallowed that whole state up. But mm-hmm. uh, barring that that hasn't happened, I guess you know Kansas news is the silver lining. Yeah, I feel like it, it, we should have really given a Kansas football update on um, how, how camp's going. They're still that. terrible. Yeah, they had a really bad year. They've last got a kid year. in a wheelchair. Playing wide receiver now, yeah, and that is a tough, that's a tough sled. <laughs> um, so you know, he's, I, he's their best wide receiver I, immediately I, when he mm. when he rolled onto the field. <laughs> I, I don't think they had a Big Twelve win all of last season. No, they didn't. They actually uh, checked that they had no wins, like Big Twelve or otherwise. Oh, okay, so not just conference, but no, out of just, conference, no, no wins whatsoever. So they're going to try to uh, improve on that mm-hmm. this year, which yeah, sure. uh, you know, it's a they might get a tie, mighty hurdle. Yeah, sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, that could be part of the reason they're not interested in playing us is because they know that their asses are going to be really devastated. Yeah, you're going to do deep knee bends over a fire hydrant after playing Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's good to, good to really check in on Kansas. So, I, you know, I, I, I think that's all we have to report, really. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there's stuff yeah. we've left off. Like I said, we're probably a little rusty. You but know, Brian Goers not being here. You know, there's... there's yeah, his a, witty repartee. A third, yeah, a third of the content missing Yeah, I know. Tonight. Yeah, we really miss the guy. He's but I do a lover, and he's distracted. Yeah, so uh, God bless the lover after mm. Brian dealing with a Zika, Zika virus. Yeah. Let's hope they don't have any children. No. Tiny heads Well, I mean, I was hoping they didn't have any children before there was any... I got to meet her, by the way. Zika. I don't know if I told oh, you that. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. What'd you think? Strange. I mean, I mean, I just, we were at a social function. I walked around, hey, you know, introduced myself. I'm Colin mm-hmm. from the podcast, worked with Brian. I said, Brian's a great guy. And she just looked, made me like with dead eyes and goes, his mouth is my toilet. And they just walked away. Really? The only, the only words she spoke. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's interesting. And it's a little insight into the nature of the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It was strange, though. Yeah, strange. yeah. I wish the happy couple well, for sure. <laughs> um, so, I mean, any closing thoughts going into next week's show? I'm excited. Yeah, I'm me excited. too. I mean, it's been so long for football. Mm, I know. And I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, you know, I love Gary Pinkle, but new coach, new, mm-hmm. new everything. You know what I mean? Just yeah. something. And truthfully, I'm looking forward to seeing entertaining football. I mean, if one thing I can say about the Football that was on the field last year, as bad as it was, not only was it bad, it was just boring as shit. I mean, mm-hmm. the games were a slog to watch. Um, you know, I was at Vanderbilt for that game in person, and I mean, by halftime, I just, I'm literally dozing off of my seat. It's, I'm looking forward, I mean, 
they win three games next year, that would be miserable. Right. But if, if they scored like 20 points a game, God, what an improvement just from the mm-hmm. entertainment value. Yeah, just the fact. I mean, God, how long did we go without scoring a touchdown last year? I don't know. A long time. Brutal. So, like I said, we have a not as low of a bar as Kansas, but we have a relatively low bar for improvement. No, I think realistically. I, I want seven wins. Yeah. Um, and I don't think – and that's not so much based on Missouri. It's just based on the competition. Yeah. I mean, I know we've got a tough schedule, but I don't think that uh, seven – wins is outside the scope of reason i'm not saying 10 wins i'm not asking for an sec east championship but seven wins is uh i feel like doable and yes. six wins i could live with that if we got back to a bowl game if we get to a bowl game this season i will consider that a victory ultimately for barry odom's first year well you know i think we did this last year before we close this thing out why don't we go through the, the schedule real quick <sighs> and just kind of look at what the where the chances are so like i said we, we talked a little bit about uh, the west virginia game going in uh, and you gave us the uh, real deep insight that you don't know what will happen. Yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your prediction there? Because it's on the road, new coach, just not knowing anything about what's going on. I'm going to say loss. I hate to do that. I want them to win, and uh, I, I'm optimistic about that game. But I'm just going to I'm going to say loss. So. Okay. So that's you start us out at 0 one. We come back to Columbia the next week. We play Eastern Michigan at Faroe Field. I'll give us a win there. Yeah, and then uh, the following week, we have another home game in conference against the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I'm going to go with an L. Okay, so we're 1-2. and, and Then we play uh, back, it's still a third straight home game against Delaware State. I'm going to get a win there. $10,000 if you can name the Delaware State mascot. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> They're the Hornets. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, then we go back on the road for the October 1st game at LSU. Um, L. All right, so we're what are we at? Uh, two three, and three. Two and three. Yep. Okay, so we have a bye week. Then we play at the Florida Gators. L. And then we play the next week back at home against Middle Tennessee. Homecoming game against Middle fucking Tennessee. Win. Okay. What, that that belie what what we what the uh, athletic department saw down the road. Oh, there's not a lot of people happy about Middle Tennessee as a homecoming uh, opponent. Uh, next week we will play again at Faro against the Kentucky Wildcats. I'm gonna go with a W there. Okay, then Redemption. we have, get on the road to play the Gamecocks of South Carolina. I'm going to go with a win there. Okay. Will Muschamp uh, might win three games. <laughs> then we, uh, we will play Vanderbilt at home. I'm going to say win. Then we go to Tennessee on the road. I'm going to say L. Then we play at home against Arkansas. L. Okay, That's what do you got to say? One, two, three, four, five, six losses. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Four, five, six wins. So that's six and so six. That's six and six. I think that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, and we I'm, steal one, make we get to that seven that I would so like to see. Let's talk about which game you think you could steal. I mean, I'd say Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tennessee's only beat us one time uh, mm-hmm. since we've entered the conference, and we were. I mean, it was when the program was in utter disarray. Pinkle had just resigned, essentially for health reasons, and uh, it was it's kind of in the, the, the eye of that whole storm of crap. So Tennessee routinely overlooks us. That's what they do. Yes, that's what they do. And they, re- and they did not drum us or anything else. I mean, it was a miserable game, miserable conditions, um, in the, and during a miserable part of our season. So, you know, I, I easily think we could steal that game. I think a more of a dark horse candidate for a stolen win is at Florida. We just weirdly always play Florida tough. Yeah, uh, two years ago. Or last year, two years ago, mm-hmm. but we, they had like five turnovers and we drummed them. You know, Florida to me is not. I to, to me of all the teams in the East that have their shit together, Florida is the one. They got talent. 
They've got a coach who seems to run a very tight ship, and they're getting a, what appeared to be a very good quarterback mm-hmm. back to, on the roster. Yeah, they so. got things going. You, should we ask Paul Feinbaum who he thinks will win that game? Sure. Paul Feinbaum. Uh, we might have to fire him up, though. He's been he's been out of commission for a little bit, so let's just... Uh... Okay, Paul, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, who do you think is going to win that Missouri-Florida game? Florida. Okay. okay. Well, that is... It's hardly seen worth turning him on. <laughs> he's, he's got the same programming as last year. Yep. I haven't changed a thing. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you. Okay. So, Colin, I think we're ready to wrap this motherfucker up. Yep, we did it again. Okay, so it's tune, good to be back. tune in uh, every week during the season for some Mazodcast action. Follow us on Twitter at Mazodcast. Send us an email, Mazodcast at gmail.com. We are happy to hear from you. We'll be taking calls as the season goes on, so you can feel free to call in and uh, get in on the action. Colin? Yep, tell a friend. Uh, send us an email. Follow us on Twitter. You know, all that stuff. All give that, us a review on iTunes. Definitely give us a review on iTunes. Also, uh, go to our website and, and fill out a, a user survey so yep. we can hear from oh, you directly. The, and we'll be blogging. We be blogging. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Caleb Bumgart and Ryan Binkley will be continuing as contributing editors to send in their writing talents, as at, will me and Brennan and Brian. Mazodcast.com. Yes, so yes. enjoy that. Until then, everybody, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. His mouth is my toilet. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.